three. Welcome back to All That for Six Pieces Barbecue Show. I am Chris Schaefer with Heavy Smoke Barbecue. And I am Rob with St. Louis Black Iron Barbecue. Black Rob. Also known as Black Rob in some circles. Yeah, we don't bring that up enough. We don't. And that's a. It's, it started as a joke. Tim Shear actually started it about seven or eight years ago. And he and I have known each other for 10 or 11 years. We both kind of started, I think, the same year. Yeah, roughly. And we used to run into each other all the time whenever we were out doing 20 comps a year before you know everybody on my team decided to retire yeah but um black iron and my last name being honky which is funny and that's fine everybody can laugh <laughs> i mean you know it is what it is but um so black iron being the team name and my last name being honky black rob just kind of stuck and for those of you who know me uh i'm not a black man but um <laughs> But I play one on the radio. You know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Tim. I guess we can tease that that our next week's show actually will have Tim on. Well, not our next week. Yeah, yeah, it will, it will be. be our next. It will week. be our next week. Okay. Yeah, that, that's how that's going to work out. So, uh, but for this show, we've got Lee Thompson, uh, Amanda Podlucky from Pig Chicka Cow Cow. They cook out of uh, Florida. Do a lot of FBA and and some KCBS. And I'm really excited about this show because I know virtually nothing about FBA. Zero. So I'm really excited about getting into this because I got a lot of questions. Lee, Amanda, you guys out there? We're here. We're yep, we're here. And this is our first time with two people on the phone, so we'll apologize everybody up front if this gets a little clustered. So that doesn't sound it's not too yeah. bad. This is the first time we've had more than one guest. So having you guys both on is good. Just I think the key to this is gonna be not having you both in the same room <laughs> because you might it might mess with your with your uh, with with us bringing you in on the show. So we, uh, you know, I, I joked with Amanda a little bit before this that she's the talent. So we wanted to make sure that she was on here. She said to not let Lee know that, but um, so <laughs> too late now. Yeah. So guys, um, you know, in this area, you know, we hear pig, pig chicken cow cow. We know you guys kind of crush it down there. Um, and, and you do really well in some KCBS too, but you're primarily Florida barbecue. Do you guys just want to jump in and how you got started and, and give us the rundown? Yeah, so we first started out as barbecue judges. Um, this ooh, Probably back in 2015, we became Florida Barbecue Association certified judges. And um, we judged our first couple of contests and we thought, hey, we cook barbecue just as good as this. We could probably do this and, and do all right. Um, so we... Uh, there was a little uh, amateur rib contest that we entered as our like our, our first like introductory to competition barbecue, and we did pretty well. and And then we went and took uh, Jim Elser's Sweet Smoke Q class, and then the following week we went out and did our first sanctioned barbecue contest and took third overall. So wow, it was uh, it was a pretty good start. I'm going to quote Darth Vader on that. Impressive. <laughs> so I had read somewhere that you guys had talked about how before you got started, you kind of did a barbecue road trip. Is that true? <laughs> we did a couple of road trips, actually. Uh, we did some uh, research and development, which was probably the tastiest research and development we could have done. Um, but we were at home watching some Food Network shows, and you know we saw a lot of places like 17th Street Bar and Grill and The Shed and Big Bob Gibson's 
and places that we knew we probably wouldn't just be passing by someday, you know, living in Orlando, Florida. So yeah. we decided uh, to go ahead one summer. Uh, at the time we had one dog, we threw him in the car and we just took off for Alabama. And we ate barbecue for lunch and dinner for about four straight days at various places, ending up in Mississippi at the shed. And it was a lot of fun. Did you make it to uh, to 17th Street? We did. We made it to 17th Street, and it was a really cool experience because Mike was there that day doing an on-cue class uh, with Amy mm-hmm. Mills, of course, and they were doing a class for Sunny's Barbecue, which is located here in Orlando, Florida. So we cool. actually knew a few of the people there, and it was a really random, coincidental experience, but it was a lot of fun. So we got to hang out with them for quite a, a while that afternoon, and it was probably the highlight of our, our road trip. I have a pretty good story about Sunny's Barbecue barbecue down there in Orlando. We go to Florida every year and we fly, some, sometimes we fly into Orlando, most of the time we fly into Tampa, but we were at, my daughter was little and um, we had just, our dog's name is Sonny, but I don't call him Sonny. Um, I call him Shathid and use your imagination on the spelling. And um, so <laughs> we went to Sonny's barbecue in Orlando and it was good. And so every time we pass Sonny's in Orlando now, my daughter is older and she always laughs and she says, hey, there's Shathid's barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> so you said um, you said 17th Street was your uh, kind of the highlight of that. Um, just kind of cool to come full circle. They have that Murfreesboro competition and Rob has uh, GC and RGC that comp. So he's got a lot of experience with 17th Street there as well. I've done it about the last 10 years. So you said Big Bob Gibson and um, Shed, 17th Street. Where else did you guys hit on that road trip? On that trip, we did um, Melissa Cookson had just opened her place in uh, outside of Memphis, and we went there, and then we did Interstate as well, and then the Shed. How is Melissa anyway? Is her I mean, is her food as good as it looks on TV? It was good. I mean, the night we were there, I think uh, John was there, actually, and we had some of his ribs, and they were definitely stand out but the the place was was really nice and we had a good good meal i think by that point we were on meal five or six uh, <laughs> and it was kind of starting to run together but everything we had was great so now that you guys have cooked as much as you have and become as um, as successful as you have have you tried to like go back to any of those places and and kind of compare it to you know what you thought before you did all this so i think lately we have not been eating much barbecue out but we did um, venture up to the Big Apple Barbecue Block Party where, you know, a lot of those same, uh, restaurants show up to each year. And one of the best ribs that I still rave about in my entire life that I've ever eaten, like, came directly off of Mike Mills' pit, like, at the opening rib, rib cutting ceremony for the event. So, yeah. um, we, we haven't been back to any of the, um, restaurants. Well, I guess, I, actually, I don't know. We stopped at 17th Street in, um, not the one in, uh, yeah, in Marion on our way to the Royal each yeah. year. We, so we stopped there and have dinner on the night, you know, the first night of our drive. I've been to that one a couple times. It's pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty good place. Um, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm going straight to FBA with you guys. <laughs> I, I can't help myself. You know, Chris and I kind of trade off on which questions we're going to ask everybody, <laughs> but I've got to ask you. FBA versus KCBS, just dive into that and 
explain me to me the difference in the scoring, the judging, the turn in times. Do you use the same flavors? Do you, um, you and you know, just kind of walk me through that. I'm I'm not familiar but, with FBA at all. Is it the same categories? Yeah. So the FBA is all the same categories and all the same turn in order. You know, the the KCBS uses the big differences are there's an hour between turn ins. There's no greens in the box, and you have to turn in eight portions instead of six. So, so does it go to eight judges? So, uh, so we, so I think we actually just messed up the name of the show because we're doing it for eight people. Yeah, yeah, all that for eight pieces. <laughs> yeah, you did mess up the name of it. So this, that would be all that for eight pieces. <laughs> so, is there eight judges at a table then, or is there still six? Uh, no, there's still only six judges, um, and then a table captain. So the other big difference is that every single judge counts. Like there's no drop score in the FBA. Oh, so you have to make everyone happy, even that low scoring judge. Huh? Do you feel that like so you've cooked you know KCBS and FBA? Do you feel that that evens the playing field, not having a drop? Like how do you feel that affects um, scoring at the end of the day? So it's hard to say. Um, you know, I I kind of feel like it makes us better KCBS judges. I think or KCBS cooks. I think a lot of uh, FBA, FBA teams typically do well when they go to KCBS events because, you know, you, we have our fa- our flavor profiles have to be so middle of the road that every single person likes them in order to do well. Where you know one person may not like a flavor profile in the KCBS and they give you a low score, or tenderness or whatever, and, and they give you a low score, and that you know it doesn't hurt you too much because that's the one that ends up getting dropped. So I think it, I, I think at the end of the day, everything always works itself out and the, and you know the better cooks do well at the end of the day but yeah i i don't i'm not sure how i feel sometimes yeah. i feel like the high scoring judges actually hurt some uh, some teams more than a low scoring judge sometimes i i agree 100 i i talked to a new team um last year and they were they were talking about how, well, you know, this judge gave me all nines, then these three judges gave me this. What's wrong with these three judges? And I tried to explain to them that, man, that, that guy that gave you all nines is really probably the one that's wrong in all of this, not so much the other three judges. Yeah, and, and it, you know, like I said, I, I think at the end of the day, in your overall standings, I think, you know, the the better teams are always near the top and, and vice versa. But, um yeah, I I really think that in individual categories that high scoring judge might might hurt you a little bit more than the low scoring judge if you're a if you're a good team. So so a few a few weeks ago we had Matt Walker on with uh, Boomerang, and you know we always hear people talk about middle of the road barbecue wins, and he kind of he kind of turned us all in our head when he said he's always swinging for the fences. Um, so with your flavor profile, do you think swinging for the fences hurts because there's no drops, um, or do you think it makes more sense to be middle of the road? Like, what do you guys try to do? Nah. I think absolutely with no scores being dropped, I think that swinging for the fence would hurt you in the FBA. Um, in the KCBS, like I said, you, you, with having the drop score, you, you're a little bit luckier. But, um, you know, I think we, we try to stay pretty middle of the road. I, I would say that if someone tried our barbecue, I would they probably wouldn't say that it's the best. And it's because I'm not trying to make it like – just blow your mind because what blows one person's mind might, you know, offend someone else. So yep. we're trying to just literally keep it as middle of the road as we can possibly, you know, as, as we can get. And I, I've known Rod Gray for a long time that he was the very first person I ever, 
uh, took a class from, and he always said, don't let yourself stand out on that table too much. You know, make it make it good food, but don't make it over the top. And th- that makes a lot of sense hearing that from you. Um, I'm sitting here looking. We, we actually have a joke. We, yeah. we actually have a joke. If, if we love it, like when we're turning it in, then it's probably not going to score well. Because right. that means that we've probably you know, we taste the same stuff every week so for something to stand out to us and for us to love it that uh-huh. means that we probably over seasoned or over overdid it for someone who doesn't try the exact same thing every week well and i hate to break it to you lee but that's kind of not a unique joke yeah well that's <laughs> we've yeah. all we're, we're all there we've all done that yep. <laughs> and all of us you know we you know cook as much as we all do and, and it turns out the exact same every time when it's different, it's the problem. And yeah. I, I think when it's not your cook, like I talk to Eddie and Chris all the time. Eddie is Chris's dad, and they cook together. And Muddy is my guy that cooks with me. And um, if you don't say, yeah, it was our cook, something's wrong. Yep. Um, if it's better than your cook to you, it's ten, nine times out of ten, you're going to get clipped. Um, so yep. I, got a, I got a question about FBA. So you got they, they do half points, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah, so the scoring system is essentially 5 through 10 in half-point increments. So um, the judges really don't score anything less than a 5 unless it's a disqualification. So, um, do you, do you see the, the half-points, does that, does that make uh, like ties less often? Like I see a lot of ties in KCBS. Do the half-points kind of help with that? I, I think it does that in not having that other judge uh, being dropped, I think that also yep. helps eliminate a little bit of ties. Don't get me wrong, we still have our fair share of ties, but I, I would agree, you know, a hundred percent that there's way more ties in the KCBS than there are in the FBA. And then the FBA actually um, recognizes ties. They don't, you know, if, if there's a tie, like the money split and the team of the year points are, you know, for the higher place and all that stuff. Where I think the KCBS. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, but they do the coin flip or yep. or they go to the drop score. Right. So. Yeah, they absolutely do, and that, that's that's awesome because I mean I've I've gotten third or fourth with a perfect score before, um, and, yep. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, great, I got the same score as that guy, but he got the yeah. points and the money and the trophy. There was a three way tie in Murfreesboro last year for pork um, with perfect scores, and I believe it was a three way tie. But yeah, but you won the tie, so you're good with that. Yeah, I got the coin toss, so I was fine with it. But um, but the, uh, I'm looking at your stats here, and your KCBS stats are phenomenal over the last yeah. few years. I mean, 2018, you got a first-place call in the American Royal. Um, yep. um, 2019, you had three GCs and two RGCs, and you only cooked eight comps. Uh, and this year, you're... I, out of the gate already have one just like Chris does here um, but then the, your FBA you've been team of the year two years in a row um, and you're cooking eight comps in one of those and ten comps in the other one and in 2019 you had six grand championships out of ten comps and one reserve grand and ten top yeah. ten <laughs> ten top ten finishes so my yeah, okay. question to you on F, the FBA thing is how big is the FBA and how many teams compete regularly well, i mean what's the general size of that and how many so of those we, i'm sorry go ahead yeah so we've well i would say our average contest size is probably about 30 teams and that's just we're drawing from 
basically the people in the peninsula here. Like, yeah. occasionally we'll get people from, you know, Georgia and stuff to come down. But for the most part, our contests are roughly about 30 teams. But then, you know, on the other hand, we also have uh, one of the largest FBA contests. Apopka typically draws in probably about 50 to 60 pro teams and another 50 or 60 backyard teams. So, and we've won that the past two years in a row as well. So it's not like we just win small contests. We can do, you know, we kind of hold our own at the bigger contests as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think last year we went on a run where I I don't remember what it was, but we, we won 14 contests last year. And, you know, we we were actually going to try to slow down a little bit this year. And then, we got to December and we already had our six wins for the Jack and we were like, all right, we only need one more. We might as well just keep pushing forward. Sure. And it's, it, I'm pretty familiar with the Florida area because I lived in Florida for two years. Um, I lived in Altamont Springs, which is not far from Apopka. Um, yeah. But how many of those teams that you're going up against, and it sounds very similar to our regional yep. um, sanction here, which is SLBS, St. Louis Barbecue Society, that Chris and I both have been in for quite a while. Yeah. But how many of those teams actually cross over to KCBS? Do you see a lot of that, or, or are you one of a few, or are you one of many? Well, I would, Chris and I have kind of talked about this before, yeah, with like our our home organizations are kind of like a little niche, but then we cross over into the uh, KCBS. But, you know, there's quite a few teams i mean you know matt barber who won brisket at the royal last year jim elser had like you know i think like six calls at the royal last year you got um tim malloy with backyard bros who's currently leading the fba points this year um you know we got um rob bagby we got you know there's, there's a ton of teams that you know go over and cross over to the kcbs plus all your typical fba teams if there's a kcbs contest in florida they'll still go and do it because you got uh lakeland's a big one in the you know in the winter uh, in like january yeah i mean that's like one of the biggest in the southeast for kcbs then you got plant city's another one that always draws in you know a a large group of people um then there's another one that we just won here a couple weeks ago which is uh frostproof uh kcbs contest and that's not far from our house so you know Every everyone that does the FBA, they cross over, especially if there's a KCBS contest local. Let me ask you. So, just to compare um, FBA to like our St. Louis Barbecue Society, one of the things I think is the hardest about like our society is that you know there's only maybe two, three hundred teams that'll cook a comp in a year, but there's like thirty or forty great teams, and you see them like every weekend. Is that kind of how an FBA <laughs> is that you see the same thirty, forty great teams over and over again? That's that's exactly it. Like. The FBA, there's a, you know, we may be a small organization, but I would say, you know, the cooks that cook in the FBA cross over and they hold their own, you know, any time that they do that. Um, there's a uh, Greenwood Festival of Discovery contest that always draws, you know, it's summer here in Florida. No one wants to cook in Florida. There's no contest. <laughs> so a lot of FBA teams will head up to that contest in July. And I think last year, I don't think there was a category that didn't have three or four FBA teams that got a call. Yeah, we we had a couple events last year that um, I, I've kind of you know recently been kind of carrying the flag for the SLBS and trying to get more of our buddies to cross over. And I can think of two of events that um, like six of the top ten teams at a KCBS event all kind of came from SLBS. And I would imagine you guys kind of travel together and hit some of those comps together and see the same thing. 
exactly. So what's the uh, what's the dynamic of the team a little bit? Let's let Amanda talk. So who does who does what? Um, how do you guys how do you guys run the team? Uh, what's the dynamic? Well, I think at this point in time, is it's a lot of you know doing this week in and week out. You know, we have a lot of uh, I guess we'll call it muscle memory. Yep. Um, I think we can. It's safe to say Lee does the heavy lifting, and I do everything that needs to be done to make sure what he needs done. You know, when he needs it, how he needs it you know, to make sure that we stay consistent, that everything is, you know, where it needs to be, when it needs to be, so that we can just maintain that timeline and make sure that we're doing the same thing consistently week in and week out. So, you know, as far as uh, trimming the meat, um, I leave that to him. He's an engineer. He's very highly technical and likes things very, uh, let's see, done very particularly. So yeah. I leave that to him. Um, <laughs> that's definitely his niche. Um, and then, you know, once we get to the contest, it's just, you know, a matter of making sure everything gets done and how it needs to be so that we're in the position to do, you know, the next 10 steps that need done so that we stay on that timeline and make sure that, you know, we're hitting our, hitting our marks and, um, everything's coming out the way it needs to be. Um, you, you talked about, um, you kind of talked about how he's an engineer. I, we, we see that a lot. It seems like in um in the barbecue world we see people that are in the tech industry and people that take a lot of notes yeah. and that kind of thing and we also see we're or we're starting to see i mean um chris kind of gave me a little bit of background on you guys because i've never met you guys i've cooked a lot but I just haven't traveled as far as Chris has, and I have a rule. I don't really venture far out of my comfort zone. I don't. I don't. Four hours is my rule. If I got to go more than four hours, I'm just. I'm not going. But Chris was like, you would relate to these guys because they run a lot of marathons. Um, I'm. I'm really into fitness. I do. I. I stay on top of that as much as I can, and it's not really. I mean, you, you've we've started to see that a little bit more in barbecue over the years because more people are getting into it because over the, I mean, let's face it over the years, most of the guys that are pro barbecue guys are pretty big guys. You know, what are you trying to say? Not what, (laughs) not what you think of when you think of fitness. So are, do you guys still run the marathons? Are you still involved in that? Oh, I, I actually just finished a run right before the call, so uh, we haven't run in a, in a little bit of time, uh, but uh, we've gotten dizzy and, and, and things, but I just I just did my 20th half marathon in January of this year, and it's definitely something that I kind of promised to myself, and we said early on that we needed to keep up to some degree, you know, if our other hobby is barbecue. I mean, there's no question that being busy, I mean, he's an engineer, I'm a lawyer, so on top of our actual jobs, you know, this competition barbecue in the height of our season is is basically a second full-time job for us. So unless it's a quick run, you know, before work or something, sometimes it's harder to fit in, but it's definitely something that I still have been trying to focus on um, five years into this venture. (laughs) You know, I'm so happy that you told me you were a lawyer because – I have this thing that I do every time I meet a lawyer that's a barbecue person. And then so if I ever meet you face to face, don't be surprised if I go full Tracy Morgan on you. Do you know who Tracy Morgan is? Of course. The comedian. Course. The comedian. From, yes. <laughs> so yes. I, every time my one of my best friends is an attorney, I went I actually went to school and started to go to law school and my dad got sick and I stopped but the joke always and I'm sure you hear this or have heard this before so if I ever meet you don't be surprised if I walk up and go you know when you're a lawyer 
uh, you a lawyer? <laughs> if you've ever seen him do uh, Star Jones on From the View, that's uh, one of my yeah. favorite, favorite Tracy Morgan acts. So being a, being a lawyer, do you think the attention to detail translates to barbecue? Yeah, I would say so. I, I know uh, one story that we always like to tell, and, and Jim Elster always tells as well, when we went to his class, Right before we started cooking, um, you know, I'm obviously used to being at events where I have to take very detailed notes and copy down everything everyone is saying. So I sat there and I wrote down probably every word that Jim said. And I had a handwritten (laughs) notebook that was probably about 50 pages long, 50 pages of of just notes. And I came home the, the afternoon the class ended. I came home and the first thing I did was type it up into an outline and I organized that outline by meat, by, you know, by phase of the cook. And we kept those notes in our trailer. I mean, we still have those notes in our trailer. And I always joke around with Jim that I'll, you know, sell them for a, a fraction of the cost. But, you know, we, that was our biggest thing is, you know, when we knew we, you know, if we were confused or didn't know what the next step is at first, we kind of used those notes as a crutch. And we still keep them in the trailer. But we were very, very focused on what he was doing and, and, and took notes. And it's funny, you know, a lot of people were there at the class and they were, you know, half paying attention or watching him or taking a picture here or there, but they weren't writing things down. And it was amazing even to see when we got home that day, things that I'd written down just a few hours earlier that I never would have remembered had I not written it down. So I think that was very critical in absorbing everything that Jim Elster said to us that weekend. So you didn't bring a court stenographer with you. You just uh, just did a depo style. <laughs> yes, I I am one of those people who still who still writes everything down by hand if I can. So I'm very used to sitting in a deposition and writing down every uh-huh. word that someone's saying. So I was well trained for that. Well, I'm, actually, I'm not an attorney, but I work with a lot of them, so I get to see it firsthand. It's actually pretty comical. I, I've taught a couple classes now, and I can see the wives that came just to take the notes. Um, I see it every single class that there's a guy sitting there just watching, and there's a, is a, a guy yeah. his wife just taking notes. But Chris, <laughs> when they're a lawyer, and she's a lawyer. <laughs> taking real notes. <laughs> yeah. So guys, why don't you, uh, we'll back up a little bit. What what uh, equipment, what smokers did you guys start with? Have you moved on to new smokers from now? What are you guys using? So when we first started, you know, I was doing a bunch of research ahead of time. And, um, you know, everything on the internet basically says, you know, Lever Smoky Mountain is the best starter smoker that you can get. So that's what I had to start with. And, and I liked it. And I was like, all right, well, this one smoker is doing well for us. If we're going to do competitions, I already know how to use this one. Why don't we just get three more of these? Yeah. So, because I wanted to have a separate smoker for each meat. So, um, we got, uh, another 22 inch Smoky Mountain and two eighteens, And then over the years, we've kind of, uh, got rid of the two eighteens and switched to two drums. So we cook our big, big meats on two sweet smoky QDS drums. And then we cook our, um, ribs and chicken on the other two uh, Weber Smoky Mountains that we have. I love hearing that because I still use a Weber Smoky Mountain for chicken, and um, <laughs> I, I, I get I seriously like get made fun of at competitions. I'll be next to a guy with a jambo, and they're like, "What are you doing with a Weber Smoky Mountain?" So I love hearing that. Yeah, I, I think if you, whatever you learn on, like as as long as you learn whatever smoker you have, I think you can turn out a good product. So for me, it was just I liked that you know fire at the bottom and. You know, de- you know, deflector of the of the 
water bowl and all that stuff and just the way it worked. And then whenever I switched to a drum, it was essentially the exact same thing. Just, you know, better, uh, it held heat, you know, the drum holds heat a lot better and doesn't use as much charcoal and has a much bigger charcoal basket. So for me, the transition from Smoky Mountain to drum is essentially, you know, I don't think it, I don't think there's much of a transition there. So anyone that can cook on either one of them would do well with either one. Well, I've even like in my classes, I, I do a uh, chicken on a Weber Smoky Mountain and I explain to people how to translate that to a drum because it's not that hard mm-hmm. to, to change. Are you guys hot and fast or low and slow? Um, <laughs> I'm so particular about every single thing that we are, we are very slow <laughs> at everything we do. <laughs> we just cook slow. If we did hot and fast, I think that we would, um, we would probably burn everything because <laughs> I'd be inside doing something else and whatever's out there would just be burning on the grill. So I, you know, it's funny that you say that cause I started with drums, uh, literally because I was broke and I could make my own drums. So I started low and slow on drums as well. And I've transitioned to hot and fast. You want to kind of just walk me through how you guys run low and slow, how slow, when do you start your stuff, um, on the drums? Yeah. So I think it's actually, uh, one of the things people give us a lot of um, a lot of flack about is that we are like I cook my pork at two fifteen over like I put it on early overnight and you know every when I wake up the next morning then I you know crank the temperature up or down depending on what the color looks like yeah. to get it done when I want it done but I like to sleep at night <laughs> and I like to get a good night's sleep so I you know we put everything on early at a low temperature and go to bed and just wake up early and adjust the temperature in the morning to you know to have it done and have the the color we want when we wrap um so yeah we we so like a contest like the Smithfield that that we did you know trimming our meats later in the day and all that stuff that affected us a, a good bit because we're used to having everything done when we show up to the contest, we inject our meats early and then we put everything on early. So not having that same amount of time to let our injection sit and rub sit and stuff on the, on the meat before we put it on, you know, that kind of threw off all of our timelines a little bit. So you mentioned the smoking with Smithfield. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had Adam Gotro from Cajun Blaze on, and he talked about how he liked that format because he cooks BCA and IBCA and KCBS. And I was a fan because I split between SLBS and KCBS. Um, you kind of want to maybe just talk about you know how cool it was to have a mul- multiple sanctioning bodies going towards a world championship and how you guys qualified and things. You want to kind of talk to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I just, I thought it was just it was amazing, like what they what they did to unite all the barbecue bodies i thought it was absolutely absolutely incredible to you know figure out some point system that would work for all of them and you know combine everyone's points together into you know the the top 25 or whatever it was that was 24 i guess that made it and i think that type of, of event i think we need more of those type of things because i think there there aren't a lot of events like that where everyone gets to cross over into something different and kind of complete compete on a level playing field um you know if i went up to st louis and competed against you in st louis you probably whooped my butt because you're you know you're much more experienced with that format and the judges and everything and probably vice versa in the fba so having that smithfield format that was just completely different than what you know i, I guess it was 100 percent different but it was it was different enough that you know no one really had a huge advantage i thought was just absolutely incredible um so what was so 
I'll be qualifying, you know, the, the year, the point, the year long points chase, um, you know, which kept track of how well we did in, you know, throughout the year. What was nice about that is it wasn't just keeping track of our FBA points or KCBS. It took our points from both organizations and merged them into one point system for us. Um, so I think we, we finished up what fourth or fifth in the year long points chase and, you know, went out there to New Orleans with you, and um, I think we we did pretty well the first day, not as well as you did. Um, and then the second day, we kind of we kind of bombed a little bit, and we went home the second day. So, do, do you know how many of your scores that like say, uh, Smokers of the Field took the top uh, top twelve scores? Um, I know I had eight KCBS and four SLBS that counted. Do you know how many your mix was between KCBS and FBA? Oh, I. Uh, I don't, I don't know that. Okay. I was just wondering, the, the one, I, not to get on one of my soapboxes, but I might for a minute. When I started cooking more and more KCBS, everybody looked at SLBS like it was backyard. Like the success that we had had in a different sanctioning body didn't mean anything. Do you guys get some of that when you, cause you're so successful in FBA? I think we did enough KCBS last year and did well in pretty much every one that we did that I don't know that, you know, I, I've heard some ramblings from some people where oh well you cook in the FBA they're you know it's not the same as cooking against the top teams in the country every week and I'm like uh, I'm pretty sure that the teams we cook against every week could be in the top you know uh, part of those top teams in the country when if they, we just when they say that cook in a different organization when they say that do you just go swamp boys sweet smoke cue yeah. hot watchula right <laughs> so right. so Lee um, you were you were out the second day of the smoking with Smithfield? Yeah, we, I don't, I think we were 10th or something the second day. That was in new Orleans. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a shame that it wasn't in Florida because Florida is the state of recounts. And I heard <laughs> through the grapevine <laughs> that there was a discrepancy on the, the on the last day yeah, of the uh, smoking with Smithfield <laughs> event. Is there someone sitting with you that's a little sour about that? I'm actually, you know, not to not to get off on that too much. I'm not I'm just, sour. I'm just busting Chris a yeah. little bit here. I'm not sour at all about that. I mean, we had a we had a yeah. good cook. I was stoked just to even be there. I was a little more mad about it than he was, and I wasn't oh, even he there. Was, Matt, Rob was hot. I was pissed. Um, but uh, yeah, we had Joe Pierce on last week, and right off the bat, he made a joke about me being almost two time world champion. <laughs> almost. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, you know, you guys, yeah. you guys, do you know, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, they did the right thing. They, they, they made it right. I, I, yeah. They, I think they made it right for everyone. And the contest was a like, they treated us like Kings. Like you have to admit, like there, there, there's not many contests you go to where they give you a, every team competing a, a free Yeti cooler and, you know, just all the stuff that they sent us home with from there. I mean, we were. We were treated very well. The, the gift that bag, contest, so like, the I, gift bag was amazing. The food was amazing. Yeah. I mean, everything there yep. was out of this world. Um, I was gonna say you guys have done done amazing in barbecue, obviously. But I know I know you cook steaks too. So you want to talk to SCA a little bit and kind of what you guys have done there and what you continue to do? Yeah, I don't think uh, we've we haven't done many in, in probably a year or so. I think there was a. Uh, when I was cooking more of them, I think I won like, you know, four or five in a, in a couple months span. And it's just, it's not something that we have been doing a lot of lately. Um, you know, if it, what ends up happening is a lot of the SCA contests end up being scheduled the same time as 
barbecue contest here in Florida. So yeah. we don't, you know, we have to pick one or the other and barbecue is our passion over steak. So, um, Lee and Amanda, both you guys have been at it here for a few years and you've done well. Do you have anybody that kind of shepherded you through this or took you under their wing and said, Hey, um, give you some friendly advice or uh, do you have any do you have a i mean all of us i think chris and i can both if someone asked who our mentor was throughout our barbecue journey who that is who that person is and why i mean who who do you look up to who who is someone that's a professional that has helped you through this and helped you be a better cook I definitely think we have to say Jim Elster. I mean, there's no question about it. When we were judging, you know, we would kind of talk to him and got to know him. And, you know, he has an engineering background, too. And Lee and Jim connected well before we started competing. And Lee always wanted to talk to Jim. And and there was a point in time where we asked to help him so much that he basically told Jim, listen, if you don't want my help, I'm going to come and I'm going to park a chair outside your trailer and I'm going to watch what you do for 24 hours. And we kind of joke about that. And, and there's even an email from Lee to Jim from, I think, like 2015 or 16 saying, listen, I'll never be as serious about this as you. I'm, I'm nowhere near your level. I just want to learn a few tips and tricks. And, and Jim likes to throw that back at Lee. But, you know, Jim, um, you know, because, again, we started on the Smoky Mountains and we, we switched to the drums. So cooking style-wise, the way they approach the the cook um, from a very technical engineering standpoint, you know, there's, there were a lot of connections there early on. And so Jim was definitely kind of that person for us. Um, he, he definitely mentored us through the process. And, um, you know, we've maintained a very close relationship with him. So I think in terms of SBA, we'd have to say Jim Elser. Do you have a, uh, like a barbecue idol, something that you've looked up to and strive to be? I know I always talk a lot about Tuffy Stone has kind of been the, the one that I've always looked at, or if it, when it comes to winning, you know, Darren Worth is, is kind of my idol. Do you have a, an idol that you look up to that you strive to be? So I think it, it's, it has to be Mike Mills. Like for whatever reason that to, you know, we were sitting at home one day watching uh best thing I ever ate smoked edition. And Michael Simon was on there talking about these ribs at 17th street. And then I was like, and, and that's kind of what set us on our barbecue journey. And that's what, you know, made me want to get a smoker in it and made us, you know, want to go on the road trip and become judges. And that's, if, if it weren't for watching that episode and, and seeing Mike Mills on there and then me then further doing my own research and buying his books and realizing, you know, he was the greatest of his time. Like if it, if it weren't for all that stuff, we probably wouldn't be here today. Cause it's just, you know, that's, that's where the road led us. Yep. You mentioned um, Jim Elser and taking his class. Have you guys taken any other classes? Um, so I actually, I just took a rub bag these swamp boys class this, um, this January. Um, and it was more along the reason why I took it is because I wanted to learn how to teach a class a little better. Cause we're going to start doing classes as well. That was, um, that was my follow-up actually, question. You stepped on my toes there. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually had a class that was scheduled for next weekend, but, um, with, you know, the, everything that's going on with the coronavirus and stuff, that's kind of put a damper on that. Um, it sold out relatively fast. So we're actually going to plan on having two classes 
you know, once we can uh, be within six feet of people. <laughs> I would imagine you're in the same situation I was when I had my first class that, like, you know, I did so well in SLBS that I immediately had, you know, a, a people, 30, 30, 40 people asking me from the SLBS to do it. So um, I, I'd imagine now you're able to get a lot of FBA and KCBS people wanting to come here, what you guys are doing. Yeah, and I think what we're, we're doing uh, – a joint class with Jim at his shop, and um, we're both teaching all four meets what we do. Because over the years, you know, we've we've taken Jim's class, and and Jim will teach you everything you need to know to do well in barbecue. But you have to take it and apply it to your own processes and timeline and what's you know what works best for you. Yeah, that's always and I would and I would say that with yeah, I would say that with any class you take, there's probably there's tons of information. You just have to take that information and apply it to what you know works best for your cookers and setup and everything. But, um, yeah, so he's, um, offered to host the class to his shop and, and I think it's a pretty good deal with us both, you know, teaching all four meets. So what's the price on it? Uh, eight fifty for both of us and all four meets. Let so. me know. Let me know when that is. <laughs> it will do. Um, Lee and Amanda, both, both of you, uh, and you can each have different answers to these questions if you want. There's no right or wrong answer. You don't have to be on the same page. <laughs> but this is something we ask everybody that comes on our show, every professional competitor that comes on. Um, and it's a two-part question. One is, what do you consider your biggest win? And what do you consider your biggest fail? I mean... We want the the high to the low. What's what's the best what's the best thing you've done? Uh, and it doesn't even have to be a win. It's just it could be one category. It doesn't have to be a GC. Yeah, proud moment. Doesn't have to be an RGC. What's your proudest moment? And what's your what's your biggest regret or something that just went wrong? Well, I think for my greatest moments, it's really a toss up between the Royal, the first year we went, um, winning pork at the Open was incredible i mean that was one of those i think exceptions to that joke we talked about earlier where you think you did good and you get you know destroyed that was one of those times where we closed that box and we're like if this isn't the best pork we've ever cooked something <laughs> is wrong and um you and know there's, and there's no the feeling the there's no feeling like getting on the big stage i don't care who you are whether it's i don't first, care what category first, second or third Getting on the big stage is, is We amazing. won sausage that year, and we walked up there, and we were like, hey, we got a call. We got yeah. pulled up to the big stage. Yeah, it, I mean, it was incredible. And, you know, it was our first time at the Royal and, and being there at the Open. And, you know, it was our really one of our first times venturing that far out of Florida, too. Um, so to be in the middle of the country with all these incredible teams that, you know, a lot of them we hadn't met before. And standing up there and, and, you know, you know, you hear the, they count down from 20 teams and you're thinking, all right, maybe top 10 or maybe yeah. top 20. And then, you know, if it's like five, four and you're like, man, I don't know if it was number one good in, in 500 teams. And, and it was, it was probably surreal and incredible um, all at the same time. And I definitely think that has to be up there. When they start counting down the top 20, um, for anybody that's never cooked the Royal, you're like, ah, oh, just please 18th, just come on 18th. And then it passes and you're like, I mean, I could get, I 12th would be cool you know and then it gets to eighth and you're like ah oh, shit like it didn't happen right <laughs> right right and um and and you know we have like kind of a not, not just stray but we kind of um I was, we were sitting with rob bagby at awards at an fba contest once and he called that a deal or no deal awards where it's not <laughs> you know, where they don't call everybody up where you know you start at the top 10 and you're like 
man, I really want to call here, but I don't want, you know, maybe 10 signs or eight, but then you start getting down. You're like, man, maybe I should have taken one of those calls and, and you kind of start to second guess yourself. So, um, but yeah, that's, so I think that was it. And then also we mentioned earlier the Apopka contest. Um, that was, you know, it's, a, it's our hometown contest. It's, it's also the biggest FBA contest. And a couple of years ago, the first year we won it, we had only gotten a first place port call. That was the only call we got out of 60 pro teams. So we were kind of disappointed with, you know, with our performance. So we had our first place trophy and he picked up the trophy in our chairs and walked in one direction. And I walked in the other direction and we kind of just, you know, gotten ready to leave. And um, when they announced, See, we weren't even near each other. We were halfway back to the trailer at that point because, you know, we didn't think there was a chance. But, you know, the math just worked out that our scores were consistent enough that, um, you know, we ended up in D.C. So it was very unexpected. And for it to be our hometown contest and, and a big deal here, that was pretty um pretty impressive and, and pretty exciting for us um, as well. So I think those two are, are probably my top, my top. And I think my least or saddest moment would probably be going home. I'm not a big Tua Smithfield. I would have liked to make it to day three, but um, there's no one in that day three uh, pool, those top six, that didn't deserve to be there. So, you know, we couldn't beat ourselves up too much. Well, I remember um, I remember day two um, talking to my dad, and we got back to the trailer after qualifying for the finals, and I said, I said, Dad, let me read off the teams that went home. And he's like, why? Then I went through, you know, uh, slaps and uh, pitching a cow cow. And I, I, I go through all these teams and I was like, that's a murdering squad. Like you show up to any other comp and those six teams are there. You're like, oh, no. And I was like, that's who went home. So, I mean, it was it was just an impressive field down there to even make it there and then make it the second day is pretty awesome. Absolutely. So I, I think for me, some of I, I think I like Amanda, I have two big accomplishments. One, I thought would just making it into that top 24 in the country and making it to the Smithfield last year, I thought was a huge accomplishment and you're kind of a, kind of a test that we cook can consistently all year long. And then along those same lines, just making it to the Jack Daniels last year with seven, seven wins. I thought was one is something I never thought that we would personally do. Like I, I never looked at us as being good enough to do something like that. And when we finally did it, I was like, I can't believe it that we, we, accomplish this and then to have done it now two years in a row you know is just i think that that says a lot that we we're cooking consistently just rub um, it in lee some of us haven't qualified <laughs> hey, yet <clears throat> I, I, I haven't at this, rate, there, at this rate there might not be one so. but you know to, to echo that you know making it in with seven wins um i had a friend of mine literally yesterday stop by my house and he was looking at um they might in a trophy room and looking at some of these things and I told him, aside from the World Champion Trophy, the bung that says seven wins for the Jack might be the, one of the coolest yeah. things I have in that room. Yep, absolutely. So I would say our most depressing moment is we... <laughs> oh, so we, we were set up beside beside uh, Timbaloy at Haines City two years ago, or three years ago now. And anyone who knows Tim knows that he's up all night partying. And in, and not as much lately, but he, he was back back at this point in time. He was pretty much up all night. And we didn't get much sleep, and and we're, we're bumming. And we wake up in the morning, and I was like, you know, we're just going to cook the best we can. And, and you, know, you know, I know we're tired, but we've got to push through it and just you know do the best we can. Yeah. And uh, we end up winning uh, three out of four categories. Which wow. you would you would think that that's not a disappointment, but we didn't win RGC. 
What was the category we, that got We got RGC. <laughs> Chicken at that point in time was just, it was killing us week in and week out. So we actually, we lost to Rub Bagby after winning three categories, three out of four categories. So he got, he happened to get second in three categories. So it didn't feel too bad, but, you know, that was, that was kind of a disappointment to win three categories and still not win overall. Well, and Amanda, you told the story um, earlier about your one, your one call and your GC. Um, that has happened to me as well. Um, it twice. Happen, it happened to me two times. Um, well, not exactly twice, almost twice, and at the same contest um, at in Murfreesboro at Seventeenth Street. Um, the first, the first GC I ever won was in two thousand twelve. And I had a third place call in pork, and what I didn't know was that I was tied for first, and everything else was just that consistent. And um, we were able to get the get the grand out of it, and it was wonderful. Um, and then just this past year, 2019, I got a perfect score. I was tied with Carol Luz for uh, for first, and we both had perfect scores. And I thought, great, I got I at least get to walk out of here with one trophy. And there were other teams that had, you know, two, three top ten calls. And then that last, you know, when, when they called that reserve grand, I got called. And I was shocked again and walked up and was beat by Heath Riles <laughs> by less than a hundredth of a point or something ridiculous like that. I don't even know what it was. Chris could probably tell you because he's, think, a, he's a numbers guy. I'm not. I think hundreds of people could say they've been beaten by Heath Riles. So oh, yeah. Fine. And, he, and that was, a, that was his, the day that he got his double grand champion when yeah. he won the MBN and the KCBS. So it, you yeah. never know what's going to happen when you're out there in, in a big field and you're cooking the best thing you can cook and you place in that top three, that top five – you never know. You could get one yeah. call and still win the whole thing. So, Lee, you mentioned earlier, if you ever have a comp again, um, every week. We started this podcast because of COVID-19, and we're bored, and we like talking barbecue. And every week, we keep talking about it, and I keep saying, man, maybe this will go away, but it hasn't. So, what are you guys doing? Are you going crazy not cooking comps? How are you going to stay sharp? Like, what are you guys doing right now? Um, so, we've actually, luckily enough, we both are still working. Uh, we're both working from home right now. Um We've been literally like cooking everything in the freezer that we have, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. just just to cook something. And it's like, and I kind of, um, you know, at, at competitions, I, I use a controller on all my smokers at competitions, just so I don't have to, you know, babysit them or anything. But I kind of went like I'm cooking everything on my Weber kettle and just like, you know, no no gizmos or gadgets, just trying to like go back to just basic cooking over fire and and just kind of you know, stay fresh that way. Just, you know, we, we have plenty of time on our hands, so I don't mind sitting here babysitting something. Before, uh, before barbecue, were you guys already kind of foodies? Are you cooks? Uh, yeah, I would, I would say we were, we were eaters. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, we would, um, you know, being, you know, next to Disney and stuff here, we've like the food and wine festivals and all that stuff that they, each year and and um yeah i'd say we, we were definitely into cooking and making good food but i think barbecue kind of set it over the top for us 
What's well, awesome, man. I appreciate you guys coming on and talking for a little bit. I appreciate you being flexible with our uh, our changing things around and uh, had a lot of a lot of fun talking about it. I'm, I'm, in, I'm glad we know more about the FBA now, aren't you? Yeah, Rob? absolutely. And I hope to run into you guys sometime. I'm hoping, and I keep saying this every year for the last five years, I want out. I live in Illinois. Chris lives in Missouri, but we're 45 minutes away yeah. from each other. We're right across the river. I am hoping to get out of Illinois, and my place that I where I want to be is Florida. <laughs> so maybe, perhaps, possibly, in the next few years, we may run into each other. And if not, hopefully run into each other somewhere else. I've never met you guys, but it's been a pleasure having you guys well, on the show. Um, we, we would love to have you guys, both of you guys, down here to the FBA and do a couple of contests. I don't know if it was an April Fool's Day joke or not, but it looks like uh, Darren may be moving to Florida. Or the joke's on me. I think, that's, the other, his, I I think that's his second home. No, it's his, it's it's actually yeah. it's his new second home because his second home was actually Arizona. In, in Arizona. Yeah. 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 So well, he, I guess he's going to be here cooking some FBA in the winter. So, so a lot of, lot of yeah, FBA, run into him. a lot of FBA is winter, right? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, we've uh, like January, February, March are our, like typically there's a contest pretty much every single weekend. The yeah. first three months of the year, your, win- we'll, your winter's a little then, different than ours is. Maybe we'll sneak down there. Yeah. And <laughs> me and me, me and yeah. Rob might sneak down there and compete as all that for six pieces. I don't know. That would be fun. There you go. We could do that. Well, guys, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, it, was, it was a blast talking to you, and we just really appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, right. guys. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. All right, See thank you, guys. And I didn't want to. Well, I, I wanted to say this before we before they got off the phone here, but I'm sure they'll listen to it. Hopefully they like us on Facebook and you yeah, know, and uh, all of that. Yeah, they're just really good people. I was able to. They were my neighbors at the Jack, uh-huh. and then we cooked smoke with Smithfield together. So I got to know them, a, you know, a decent amount, and okay. uh, just really good people. But you know, I love seeing people cross over. I was able, to, I, I, was, I was able to cross over from SLBS to KCBS and have a little bit of success. And it's cool seeing what they're doing. Um, man, they're just man, they're just really knocking out of the park. You look at their. Their really, stats are off. Their stats look great. They really for, didn't for start cooking until three or four years ago. Yeah, they didn't start cooking until like sixteen, and they've just just been crushing it. So, yeah, um, it was good to have them on, um, and, and just really good people. I think that's the thing. The the the, the theme in barbecue is that you know it's just good people, um, and and like to see you know what they're able to do and um, and 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 what they do to be successful. So, um. Rob, you think we to wrap this one up? Yeah, um, and we will see you guys next week, and we will have Tim Shear on the show with us, and we are trying for another guest, but that's still up in the air. We will let you know yep. as as the data comes in. It's a big one. It's so. a big one. We're hoping. We're really trying. All right, and guys. I'll know for, more in the next couple days. Thanks for joining us on All That for Six Pieces Barbecue Show. See you next week. See you guys.